from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. Nothing but good news and then a little bit of bad news because there's a couple of bills that passed through the house. Yeah. It's amazing news for homelessness, preventing homelessness, preventing hog tying, you know, things that people deal with every single day. <laughs> far too often. Far, yeah. far too often. And then also Seattle also is getting another award for being the number one. Are we in right something? On. Yeah, but good it's news. Not, maybe not. Maybe not the best news for oh. those of us. Oh. All right. And also, there's a scam going around about healthcare sharing groups, and I got to explain to people why these are not actually what they think that they are, or how they advertise. Many people have heard these. You want to start with this one? The advertising for these healthcare. Sure. What are we talking about? So they're the healthcare sharing ministries, and the, you hear the ads from time to time, and they say, you know, with this company. We pool all of our healthcare needs together with, I don't want to name any companies. Well, I've got a neighbor who's a member of a, of a church group. I don't know if they're working with a particular company, but they all pool, I think it's like $500 a month. Yes. That, yeah. they, they, that this group puts in. And right. then when somebody in that group has a medical bill, it draws from that fund. It's not a company doing it. It's just, it's them and their so, yeah. so church these, group. These organizations, these corporations took that really good idea that these church groups had, which was, we'll all put money into a, a general fund for us. Yes. And then when someone has health care needs, we yeah. all pay for it together. The Christian church has been doing that for a very long time. Okay. And it's standard. You find it in Lutheran, Seventh-day Adventist. It's a very common practice with a lot of these this groups. This neighbor helped pay a little bit of my heart attack fees. Right, exactly. His, you know, trying to, I think he was trying to recruit me so to the church. So okay. this greedy corporations out there, what they effectively done is they take that model, which starts with goodness and kind. And this is local, by the way. This is a story that King Five did, but it's also happening nationally. They they take that idea of we'll, we'll, we'll bandy together everybody's uh, right. uh, have your neighbors love thy neighbor but with neighbor. the way the corporation does it is they say let us take your medical debt and then we'll all pay into this pool and then we'll make the monthly minimum payments on that debt on your behalf. So and we'll take a very inexpensive administrative fee on top of all of that. Oh. So okay. it's not like the church or the, basically it has all the the trimmings and panache of what your friend has. Right. But is actually a greedy megacorp attempting to rip people off who love Jesus. So people should be on the yeah, alert. It's, it's for a for profit. Loving your neighbor for profit. Well, can I give you a really quick example sure. about how I got duped in one of these similar things? I was referred to somebody right after I got a college for at a job placement program. Okay. And so I walk into this job pr- placement program because I had no idea what I was going to do with any of my degrees or any of my oh, experience. That's a nice, nice thing to have in your back pocket so this, somebody help you find the way. This woman says, oh, well, what about your student debt? And I said, it's a very small amount. I said, I only had to take out a very small, because I had so many scholarships. It was a very teeny tiny little amount. And she says, well, there's this organization out there where you can get a forbearance on that for like two years. And they will just, they will push it down the line like right. two years. So I call up, I go, okay, great. I'll, I, I'm assuming that it's a government organization. I'm assuming, because it's a government loan, I'm assuming that I can just. Sure, yeah. As it turns, I give them all my information, my social security number, my account information. This is how easily I was duped. Okay. And I give them the login information for my Nelnet account, which is the student loan account. And then a couple hours go by, and it hits me out of nowhere where I go, I never Googled that organization. Yeah, and that's, I, a, that's a lot of info out there all of a sudden. Right. So I found out then when I tried to log in to my Nelnet account, again, that's my government loan account, that they had changed the password already. So I had to call Nelnet and say, I just got scammed by this organization. Wow. And the woman who helped me was so sweet. She says, I get at least two of these calls a day. 
where people think that these organizations are doing you a favor, but really they're transferring your debt to them. And so then they then assume your debt and then you end up paying them at higher interest rates. Wow. They basically just scam people. So that's effectively what these local or these ministries are doing to people locally, but they're not really Christian ministries. They just have, if you go on their website, they just have all the trimmings of it, but none of the actual uh, background of loving Jesus and whatnot. Right, Laura? This one's based in Texas. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's it's very different than like a local church group. Right. Yeah. Right, that you can see people every weekend or you know, the people that are part of your life. You can look in the eye and say, yeah, we're going to care for you and your family at your time of need. This is Dia Dunphy. She's talking to King Five. And, he is. Or excuse me, yeah. he is. And this is when he asked for money. They said they weren't actually a health insurance company, but they would pray for him. Oh. This is what that sounded <laughs> like. Yeah. He said, if you read your policy, Father, you'll find out that we're not an insurance company that we are a Christian service. But he said, what we will do is a congregation will get together one day and we will pray for your health. And he said, that's what you're paying for. Yeah. I had no way to pay $40,000. Yeah. And yeah. there was, and prayer wasn't going to get it for me. Yeah. So, I mean, be on the lookout for these organizations. They are not, uh, indeed, not very good at all. So, uh, good news, though. Yeah, Spike, before Spike starts, Spike's going to start crying. Oh, just, no. I mean, how, do you, how do you, oh, my God. Uh, here we go. Cry time. Let's no, 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 no. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. All right. I'm good. All right. I'll, I'll mind. steal myself. <laughs> I'll bottle up my emotions. I'll... This is, this is when Spike gets the waterworks to go in. I, that's going to be a minimum another hour of me being like, come on, little bud. Buddy, you can do come it, Come on, man. bud. Let's yeah. let's get back up behind the microphone. Thanks, pal. I appreciate you having me back. All right. So uh, there's a Ooh. Senate bill that passed in the House that extends support for foster kids to the age of 21. This is an amazing, amazing bill for a number of reasons. Now, I know many people out there might be saying, more government money going to programs that we don't need. However, uh, if you look at the statistics on homeless people and the Mm -hmm. number of homeless people in King County, the vast majority of them were in the foster youth program. The people who were under the age of 25 who were homeless in King County, the vast majority of them were in some kind of foster care program. And then and then when their foster care ended at 18, they had nothing and nowhere to go. Exactly. And no, no support. Exactly. So, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, they didn't link up with groups like Treehouse where they can actually right. accomplish things because Treehouse is a great organization that people can donate to. And so this bill is going to extend foster care for people to the age of 21. I think it's very good. Spike, you ever meet any of these foster care kids? You ever work with a foster care kid? You know, I haven't. Outside of outside of Treehouse, I've never had the chance to work with anybody in foster care. Yeah, I know. I mean, right. in, my, in my own life, I've never met a foster a family even. Right. Yeah. Well, at least now the state has it. Right. So this is good news. And also, Washington State has decided to ban hog tying by police. You said there was good news coming. Well, I don't think. When I saw people reacting to the Manny Ellis thing and how everybody was totally fine with the way that Manny Ellis was treated, like you don't have to think that you you could be out there in the audience and you can be saying, I don't think that Manny Ellis was murdered. I would say, though, that the way that he was treated, no, no citizen in the United States, no human being should be treated in that fashion, no matter how unruly they are, no matter how kind of agitated they are no matter how much danger the cop feels he's in you don't you don't have the right or the necessity to treat someone subhuman yeah i I mean is that that too much yeah but i do i do it for selfish reasons because if i'm having a mental health care breakdown (laughs) i don't want to get hogtied that's that's honest right i appreciate how yeah i don't want to be hogtied i don't want a bag put over my head and so what i get the the 
the thing that I hear from a lot of people out there is, well, I have nothing to worry about because I'm not a criminal. Or I have nothing to worry about because right. I'm not what I, a... You know, what do I care if they're hogged? They're hogged and criminals, not but citizens. The, the, the thing that I worry about is that you have people who sometimes they're trying out a new medication. Or let us say they're trying out a new heart medication. Yeah. New psychiatric mm-hmm. medication. Right. Let us say, for example, there was a woman who was suffering from a brain bleed in, I think she was in Oregon... And she was pulled over, and she was pulled over on suspicion of drunk driving. Oh, I remember the story. Do you know what I'm saying? She was incoherent. Right, exactly. Couldn't form a sentence. So my read on this is that we trust the police with the safety of our corporeal being. They are the number one priority of the police should be ensuring that we are safe from ourselves when we are intoxicated Mm, or having a mental health care crisis. But for some reason, we've we've been propagandized to believe that the priority should be on the police officer's safety and well-being, but they have signed up for the job to put themselves in danger. So uh, yeah. it is their responsibility to have the skill set to restrain somebody. It's not our responsibility. You know what I'm saying? It can't be a job that's free of risk. Right. It's just not going to be my nature. That's like saying, I want to be a kindergarten teacher, but I never want to get sick, and I never want to have you know finger paint in my hair, <laughs> and I never want to have gum on my shoes, right. and I never want to have to put a Band-Aid on a child. I want to be a fireman, but I don't want to have to smell smoke. Yeah, I you know listen, what I'm saying? I, I don't I, like to smell smoke. I'd like to be a fisherman, but I don't really want to touch Ooh, anything. slimy from, and icky. And I don't really want to go out yeah. on a boat or like cold, it's wet. docks. Yeah, yeah, I don't really no. want to be out but there. I like go fishing. So when I look at this ban on hog tying by police, Spike, you were saying how many agencies still use hog well, in, tying? Well, in the state of Washington, there are still four agencies that still use the practice of hog tying. Yeah. Now, it's been since 1995, the Department of Justice has tried to seek an, a national ban on hog tying by any law enforcement community coast to coast. So they even they know from a federal perspective, it's, it's not in the best interest of the community. It's not in the best interest of the suspects. Yeah, and I'll say this as well. You know, I told you about my professor in college, Professor Haney, Professor Richard Haney, who's written extensively on the criminal justice system. He said something that I thought was so profound. And every time we talk about criminal justice, I feel the need to bring it up because I don't think people can contextualize this because everyone always has this thought. I I don't have interactions with the police. Why do I have to worry about it? He he goes, you know, the funny thing about a jail, jail cell is that it's one of the few things that we've ever invented that is one size fits all. It's the same thing that you see with hog tying. There is no discrimination by police when it comes to using that force on an individual. And so I don't want to see it done to anybody, regardless of how, you know, out of their mind they are. Like, look what they do in the UK. Have you ever watched the videos of how they deal with somebody who's having a mental health crisis? Mm Mm-mm. They get shields, full body shields. Okay. And there's like 20. Like the riot shield kind of thing? Riot shields, but they're even bigger. Right. And basically they surround the person like a naughty child. Okay. (laughs) In a a circle. And then like Spartans, they begin marching forward, basically making it impossible for that person to break out. To hurt themselves or anybody else. Or anybody else. I like this. And they get close enough and close enough and close enough. And the officers start to peel off so they can make the circle tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Makes perfect sense. Until they basically put this person in a little shield box so they can't stab anybody. They can't hurt anybody. And then they apply enough pressure to the person where they can actually start grabbing at the hands or whatever is, and they take the person down. Because yeah. the priority is that person's safety and well-being. And, and I've never been a law enforcement officer. I've never, you know, uh, so I don't know what it feels like to have somebody threaten your life. I can understand their apprehension. Sure. And they, they want to be, yeah. you know, you shouldn't have to sign up. That, but, just, but there's going to be risk. Yeah, there's going to be risk. And I think that that's the risk that you assume in the same way that a dog catcher might get bit every so often. And you understand that that's just kind of part of the job. Yeah. This is Representative Mina on Senate Bill uh, 6, 
109, which prevents hog tying. Here's what that sounds like. Hog tie is a method of tying the limbs together, rendering a human being immobile and helpless. It's not trained for in Washington's basic law enforcement academies. It's not recommended in yeah. the attorney general's model use of force policies. I want to name a man who was never accused of or found to have committed any crime for which he was stopped. He was hogtied by police. He pleaded he couldn't breathe and he died in the heart of our community. His name was Manuel Ellis. This practice was discontinued by Tacoma Police Department after the death of Mr. Ellis. Based, very based, and I'm glad we're moving on from it. It's a draconian, antiquated way of dealing with human beings, and we are all safer, or we will be safer as soon as it actually becomes law. So Seattle is the least religious large metropolitan area in the United States. Godless heathens we all are. Seattle is? Seattle. We are, there is no God in King County. There is no religion in King County. What are the fine details on this, right? Uh, they, they studied survey or cities coast to coast. They asked people how often they go to church. Do they believe in a higher power? Do they let the religious doctrine kind of dictate how they, life, how they live their lives and interact with others? And Seattle's respondents were among the least religious people in the United yeah, States. Yeah, so around 60... All 50 states. All, around 64% never attend church or religious services or go less than once a year. There is no God. Why have you forsaken us here in the fine city of Seattle? Now, if I was a hacky radio host, this is what I would say. No God, look at all the crime sure, in Seattle. Sure, sure. Look yeah. at all the look yeah. at all the drug use. These people just need Jesus. You're putting putting fentanyl in your veins. There's which, a lot to that, Jack. You really, a lot to what you're saying there, buddy. You should be doing ripping open Jesus in your veins. You're ripping open the Bible, putting that in a spoon, <laughs> putting oh, that into your put the kings right oh, into your femoral oh, artery, my, my guy. You gotta get right with Jesus. What if we printed the Bible on sheets of tinfoil? Would that expedite the process of getting the word out to the those in knee, Jack. What do you think? Right? Like so you like it? Right, like someone's reading like Luke. And, right, yeah. I they're... shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> right? I mean, get them, where they're, get them where they need the help. Right in the streets, in the alleys right, of just, our city. Just make sure it's shiny side down on the tinfoil. Otherwise, <laughs> we, we joke, but... Otherwise, you're going to get the metal particles in your lungs. Right. That's a little drug addict we, wisdom We laugh right so we don't cry. Well, okay, but here's the thing. The, I think the real reason why people are moving away from religion, particularly in more liberal areas is because there are aspects, and I say this as a religious person, there are aspects to religion which are hateful and mean-spirited and cruel, and we need only to look so far as to the Phelps family for an example of this. Swimmer Michael Phelps? No, 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 oh. no, no. The Kansas City Phelps family. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, the God Hates... Signs, oh, 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 right, where they would yeah. go to the... That's that's the family behind them? Yeah, that's the Phelps family. Okay. And they would go to the funeral services of fallen soldiers, and yeah. they would hold up homophobic signs saying things like, you know, this soldier died for a homophobic slur, yeah. right? I enc- I've encountered that group firsthand on a couple of occasions. Right. major sport. I go to a Super Bowl. Yes. And there they are. There they are, right? So I think that one of the things that... Is that relig- Hillsboro? Is that what that is? H- Hillsboro Baptist right. Church. Yeah. The... Oh. The religion now it has a kind of an identity crisis with modernity. Okay. We're in like, we just know that people are gay. We just kind of know that people are trans. Yeah. There's a lot of science behind all that. And if you choose to ignore all that science that is readily available for the vast majority of, of the, your average consumer, you're missing out on that discourse right now. And, and I'll give you, I'll, you. I'll give you other examples. There are still churches in the United States today. They are Christian churches who believe that interracial marriage is a sin. 
They believe it fundamentally. They talk about it regularly. So you have to kind of start piecing all these things together. And then you say to yourself, yeah, it makes sense why people are becoming less and less religious. The more kind of progressive society becomes in accepting certain aspects of the modern culture that we live well, in. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Are, are we less religious because of there are more of these type people? Or are there more of these type people because we're less religious? And they'll tell you it's the latter. They'll I would say, say it's since, the former. I would, I would think so, too. I would think we become more aware of who people have always been. Exactly. More aware and more accepting of who people right. have always been. Right. But the people clinging to their dying, you know, or their diminishing numbers of religious believers will tell you. Yeah, and I would say that what I think that what religion, religious organizations need to do is they need to start steering away from the kind of coded, you know, the way that they feel about these issues. Yeah. And if you don't want to officiate a gay marriage, I don't think that you should have to. No, I should not. But no. don't tell my church that we can't. Right. Right? Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? I, I was going to say, amen. Amen. I don't want to be blasphemous. Right. Like, don't tell me what I can't do with here, here. my religion. And I think we can all get along totally fine. We'll take a really quick break. When we get back, terminally online, there is something that is trending today, which I find to be deeply, deeply disturbing. I have no idea. It's leap day. It's the 29th of February. We're in a leap year. And for some reason... Everybody, the consumerist model has decided to overtake the most innocuous and banal day of every four years. Okay. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. There is no God. The internet can be a dark and often dangerous place. Only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go. Jack Stein is Terminally Online. Terminally Online, exploring the deepest, darkest of the internet, reaches of the internet, so you don't have to. It's leap day today, and I thought we would all just be able to skate by without the trappings of modernity slowly surrounding us and suffocating the humanity out of us, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Dare to have a dream, though, Dare buddy. to have a dream yeah. where there'll be one day that where we no longer have every weird off day being a big sales and deal day. hey Leap Day sales is what's trending on Google today. There's an article in the Seattle Times, even, that's saying Seattle area Leap Day 2024 deals. There's a pizza place, there's Chipotle, there's Wendy's and more. And so they have this whole article dedicated to consumerism. And I have to ask myself about the Seattle Times. You know, they tend to, to bend a little bit on the old left side. Sometimes. It's yeah. a little bit on the old, uh, they tend to be a little bit anti-capitalism. Anti yeah, they are a little bit. more. Yeah. And then today of all days, they say to themselves, well, forget all that because it's leap day, baby. And you got to get some sweet, sweet deals out there. And Spike, this highlights everything that I hate about our modern age, which is that every single day, no matter how banal or innocuous, is an event for consumerism. Hmm. It is an event for you to go out and buy stuff that you do not need, that does not benefit your life in any way. And as a matter of fact, most of the restaurants that are on this list are straight poison. Hey now, hold on. No, no, you're right. I'm looking at the list. It's Thank all you. straight poison. Thank right you. Now. I mean, Chris, I'm trying to find somebody, but no. There's nothing on here that's not going to bring you to an early demise. We are not designed to have a slow drip of refined sugars <laughs> all day long. 
And look at what people do to their poor pancreas. Look at what they do. You wake up, you put two scoops of sugar in your coffee, and then you got to have that nice Danish, maybe the, the, the berry Danish that's got at least 50 grams worth of sugar oh, in well, it. Oh, today you go get a whole dozen for two twenty nine at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Come on, buddy. You want to get them there. Get them there fast. And then, you know, you feeling a little bit peckish before lunch. you got to get a Snickers bar and maybe a Gatorade <laughs> to wash that down with. I mean, we are literally killing ourselves with the food that we eat, and you can do it all under the banner of leap day right moreover i go over i i go on the uh the the finance subreddits all the time where okay. people are talking about how do i save money here's mm-hmm. my budget what am i doing wrong it's because they all buy trash and garbage non-stop they buy things that they don't need and that they don't want okay. and yet they're addicted to consumerism we my are. friend we are i saw this one guy he's 60k in debt He's making the amount of money a little bit less than I make, but still making a pretty decent living. Okay. And he's like, I barely break you. I'm still going further into debt. What am I doing wrong? He orders DoorDash every day. Every single day, he's dropping 50, 60 bucks on DoorDash. On a meal. On consumerism. That's crazy. This is the thing I say is a filthy capitalist. Consumerism is not part of this equation. It's a weird appendage that we've all grafted onto ourselves. And we've said, yeah, I mean, of course I need to buy all this garbage, right? Yeah. yeah. How many garbage spikes feels, feels bad because it no, feels no, like no, I'm yelling at No, you're not yelling at me. You're yelling at the Seattle I'm, Times. I'm yelling I'm at the to, Seattle Times. Yeah. This is trash. Well, but what they're trying to do, though, is help out their socialist brethren. By saying, where can I get free stuff today? Uh, right? <laughs> it's in keeping exactly. with the Seattle Times right. mantra of, don't do it for you. Don't do it for yourself. We'll do it for you. Yeah. So they're telling you where you can get a free slice at Pagliacci. You can get a free uh, free firecracker shrimp over there at uh, Panda Express. You can whatever it might be. I Papa just, Murphy's give you $29 off or whatever. I, don't know what I feel like part of the reason that people are depressed is because we don't make anything anymore. We don't. Cre- we are designed hmm. to create. Our monkey brain loves to create That's matchstick houses, a, w- a whittling stick, right? Sure. Uh, a, a friend of mine got really into crocheting, and now she does nothing but crochet hoodies and and scarves oh, and wow. beanies, and then she sells them on Etsy, right? Cool. It's just what she does in her. We don't make anything anymore. We buy stuff. And we wonder why it doesn't make us feel good because the dopamine hit only lasts, what, five minutes before we're like, well, I, I guess I'm new. I got to guess I go yeah. buy another yeah. pair of shoes. Lord, you know what I'm talking about? You're mired in consumerism. You're blinded by it. You're addicted to it. Get I help. enjoy the process of filling up my cart, waiting, checking for the box to arrive at my house. Mm-hmm. See the box. I get excited. Yay. No one stole it off my porch. Ah, <laughs> That's a great moment. Right. My and puppy then- does the same thing with Chewy, by the way. She loves that box. Yeah. And then I get a little bit of anxiety about opening the box. I'm like, is it going to be worth the money that I spent on right, it? Right, right. Like, is it going to fit? Am I going to have to? And then it's a chore. Oh, do I have to return it? Oh, do, I don't really yeah. like it. It's is it worth the money work. I spent? It is. Or is it, it is. worth the task of returning it, even though I don't really like it that much? Look at this emotional roller coaster that you're on with consumer. You ever think it about. It feeds me, really. Right. <laughs> Seriously. But do you ever think to yourself, like, I need to start making stuff? And doing things. I have a friend of mine who makes furniture. He, he makes uh, couches, chairs, really seats. Yeah, he. You ask That's him. Involved. You ask him about depression. He's like, I know what you I mean. Got you it. mean like, like in a, a seat? busy upholstering? You mean something. like? Let me like in a seat cushion. He's like, what's depression? Um, <laughs> I like that. He's one Good of the happiest guys I know. He only works eight hours a day, and he just restores and repairs and makes Is furniture. That his trade, his business. That's his business. That's, great. That's his entire business. He does it out of a. It looks like a like a garage that was once like a. 
like it looks like an old gas station from the fifties. Oh wow, cool! And he, so he bought the property. He just does all of his labor in this. That's we, cool. Right, raises the door up and has customers come up. Here's he's the a, couch. He's a craftsman. He's a craftsman. Why don't we encourage people to do that instead of buy your way out of your depression? Because which we can never buy worked. it for a fraction of that from Made in China over at the wall, whatever. Yeah, you know, we exactly. Can, we can, and then we can spend more time on our gaming or our binge watching television, or, having you know whatever bring me food. Grub right. up, bring me food for fifty dollars a pop. I can't believe that guy's spending fifty bucks a day. We're talking about how the leap year day has now become a sales day, and how so many people are rushing out to put poison into their body for free. Well, you can get a free passport photo at Staples today because of sleep days. That won't kill you. Ooh. And then you can see the world because you got a passport photo, right? <laughs> By the way, you will need more than just a photo. They won't let you on the plane with just a photo. I found that the hard way. you got to have a real passport. you got to just show up. The, yeah. I, I got, got a passport at, photo. I got it at Staples. Let me on. Let me on. Yeah. So, Nora, are you mired in consumerism? Do you enjoy consumerism? I really enjoy filling the hole in my soul with the Depop purchases. Yeah, but it's there thrifting, you go. So with it's what? Depop? Depop? What is, I don't know what that is. It's just online thrifting. Okay. Yeah. Online thrifting. Yeah, you don't like even... secondhand app kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. You don't even have to talk to anybody anymore. You don't wow. even have to engage with anybody anymore. And people wonder why rates of depression are going up, malaise, a, a general discontent or malcontent with life in general. Wow. It is because of this cycle that we have gifted to ourselves. I have given you the misery that you've always wanted, the misery of convenience. <laughs> what is, who is that? That's brilliant. I just made that up off Did the top really? of my head because I am a stone-cold genius and no one listens to me. That is and like I don't so know why. deep. Thank you. I am literally the smartest person alive and no one ever listens to me. <laughs> you know, it's every three hours on your talk radio show. <laughs> Usually he's brilliant, but then he has to muck down with us in the gutters. You know, by the way, and I'm, I'm always leery of these, you know, come in for free, like on on. July 11th, it's free Slurpee Day. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and you get to wait yeah, yeah. an hour in line to get something that would cost you 67 cents or whatever it is. That's just, it's always a, a loss leader to get people in the door. If you buy this, we did give you this free did nothing. You, did you see the wait lines for the first in and out to open in Texas? No. Was it they nuts? were eight hours long. Yeah. Eight, eight hours to get a C-tier cheeseburger. No, I, I hear you. C-tier. When the first Krispy Kreme opened in Seattle up on Aurora Avenue North, there were lines literally around not just the block. Right. I mean, there was like a two-hour wait, and now there's smoking fentanyl in the bathroom. Right, exactly. So the, the bloom is off the rose up at Krispy Right, Kreme. you'll notice that that happens with consumerism. Oh, we got to get the Stanley Cup or whatever. Well, right, right. We got to get the Furby. We got to get Tickle Me Elmo. We got to get all this garbage. Yeah. Oh, I'm only wearing Juicy Couture. Juicy Couture will be around forever. My daughter went through that phase. Exactly oh. my point, my friend. Like, now it's gone. And now it's gone because consumerism has this thing. It's almost like the hauntology of old aesthetics where we just keep recycling old ideas and old concepts once every five years, and we hope that they're cool again. Well, Nora picks them up for nothing on the internet, right? Right, exactly. They're actually quite expensive. Ah, Depop is, it's kind of bad now. Really? Yeah. We'll take a really quick break. When we get back, strippers in Washington are are pursuing more rights and protections like in Oregon. But what I thought, thought was weird about this is all the things that they didn't have. I didn't re- or then all the things, the weird laws that are in place. Okay. That I didn't even realize that you had to be a certain, like a fire exit. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so you didn't know the ins and outs I, of the adult entertainment maybe, world? That might be a better way to phrase that. Okay, fair enough. Might be a better way to phrase that. <laughs> I didn't enough. know the complexities <laughs> That's what of it. Yeah, we'll take a really quick break. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this.
strippers is a topic that I'm not familiar with. I've never been to a strip club. I refuse to go. I think it's gross. What do you want to know? Well, I don't really want to know anything about Atta it. Boy. I know that they I know that they are asking the legislature to do more stuff for them. They want more rights. They want to be able to do more things. They want to be able to have more, more protection. Right, more worker protection. A safer workplace. Right. Now some of these make sense, mm-hmm. but you were telling me there's some antiquated law about how and I, I am hesitant to use this language because I am a, a good, clean, moral young man. And I've never frequented a strip club, so I'm I'm going to use the common parlance okay. that many goers use. You're telling me that a, a lap dance mm-hmm. that must be performed at minimum, maximum four feet away. Um, there's a there's, barrier. There? there is a minimum distance that's supposed to be kept between an adult entertainer yes. and a patron of one of these clubs. Okay, of four feet. Is this Laura? Can you confirm this for me? Uh, this was not. My experience. I'm not saying it's. <laughs> I'm not saying it's what I've experienced either. Right. It's what's on the books. Right. So that's, sure. what, that's what's on the books. Right. right. That, that one's not getting a lot of attention from the regulators that oversee this industry. Senate Bill 6105 is aimed at bolstering safety measures and rights for workers within adult entertainment establishments. It passed the Senate along a party line vote of 29 to 20 with Democrats in the majority. What? You're telling me that Democrats are the party of strippers? I thought that would have been Republicans based on all the headlines I read. Oh no, that's the party. Of Family values. No, that's that's a, that's a bull faced lie. The, the GOP is a party of uh, family values up front, strippers in the back. <laughs> you, like know the party. you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. GOP, you guys ever think about this for like two seconds? GOP has got a real issue with being a little freaky. How do you mean? Look at look at the headlines of all the GOP members who've been caught. Doing freaky deaky stuff. Well, well, I'll push back on this because I think I think <laughs> freak swings both way when it, when it comes to uh, both when it swings to parties and people of indiscretion. Talking about like Katie Hill, representative out of uh, California, yeah, or, got or caught it goes, with the intern. You can go back as far as you want. There's a, I think there's a series running on CNN this month about uh, cons- not conspiracies, uh, scandals. Yeah, Anthony Political Weiner. Scandals. Weiner. You know, yeah, we talked about Jonathan Edwards. Was it Jonathan Edwards? Who was the guy? Who was the uh, uh, John Edwards? John Edwards, the the, the vice presidential candidate. Right, was exactly. Caught, you know, with his. Bill Other Clinton. Families. Bill Clinton. Oh. I was going to say the best for last. Right. So everybody freaks a little the bit. The Kennedys is yeah. another great example. But to your to your point though, the Democrats don't always build themselves as a party of family values and, and conservative morality. That's that is the GOP. Oh, that's very true. And by the so, way, lap dance stands for lap adjacent performance. That's where the four foot. <laughs> I looked that up. That's where four foot rule comes into play. So what Washington adult? I I, I just hate the words strippers. I've always felt that was so demeaning. Dancers. Dancers. Yeah, exotic dancers. There's a lot of adult entertainers. There's mm-hmm. a lot of references you can make. Right. That isn't what I feel is demeaning to these these ladies trying to earn a decent living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of other alternatives to make An money. Indecent living. An indecent uh, Thank you. An indecent <laughs> living. You're so you're so smart. Um, they want Washington's strippers for, that's what the girl in it, the Strippers Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to have the same protections that others in their industry help, enjoy in other areas. Like in Oregon, for example, you can. We've talked about this in the past, and this is not part of this bill, but it's still on the table to allow alcohol sales in these clubs. Right. So guys do don't pre game in the yeah because the there's no lot. there's no regulation of a pre game bottle in the parking lot to come inside and, and and act and then get drunk after you get inside on what you drank in the parking lot. They're also asking for security guards to be mandatory at all these places. I didn't know that it wasn't. That shocked right. me to no end that there wasn't the requirement that if you're going to have guys all keyed up. And drinking in the parking lot, mm-hmm. which a bulk of them are, 
And there's not somebody to you know to stand in and jump in if something gets out of hand. So here's some changes that they're saying. It was uh, employee training, mandatory training for adult entertainment establishment employees must be completed by March 1st, 2025, with possible translation for non-English speaking employees. I think that this is Megusta. Uh, customer allegation records, meaning you have to write down anytime there's anybody who does anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Security requir- requirement would be at least one dedicated security person must be present during operating hours. All this makes sense. Liquor license inspection, that's going to be L&I. They're going to go in, 90 days of receiving notice, age restriction, leasing fee modification. So, yeah, this all makes sense. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of people saying that this industry shouldn't be regulated to a greater or lesser degree, except for the GOP. You know what I'm talking about. They voted against it because they don't want these, man. They want to, hey, man, keep your hands out of my strip club. Get government. Out of my strip club. Am I right or am I right? Keep I'm your hands to yourself. Keep your hands to yourself. That's my. It's my strip club. I do with it what I want. If I want to put a nuclear power plant in it, I'm going to do it. Leave me well, alone. Well, I think if we don't, if we don't enact this this Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. I fear you. You mentioned the other day about the brain drain where doctors are leaving states because they can't practice. I don't want to lose our best and brightest to Oregon because they can't uh, feel safe at their work. Talking about strippers. Yeah, the the, the gyration migration. Every if time we don't protect our, here's our the thing, best and brightest workers. I, this is why I don't go to strip clubs because I feel like the food's a, terrible. That, but but they have such great steaks. I would. <laughs> that's it's a Soprano they, they really do. They really do. <laughs> so my thought would be is I would be like young lady. Let's talk about dreams and hopes. Mm-hmm. Like let's talk about not in a demeaning way, right? But I would be my empathy centers just start firing rapidly, and I'd be like, you ever think about being a nurse? You know what I mean? And she says, I'm paying for nursing school by dancing here two days a week. Right, exactly. Pays my tuition and, so that, and my apartment. So then I say something like, you know, there's lots of, of scholarship programs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I would just get very paternal. I'm and I'd be like, way. young lady, let's, let, no, you're not that way. I am. Are you when really? I, when I'm in a club, you kidding me? Look you're, at my age. Right. <laughs> They're all dressed in schoolgirl outfits. <laughs> of course I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Of course I'm paternal. <laughs> So you're like, young lady. <laughs> no, I don't. Here, just take the money. You don't have to. No, yeah, stop dancing. Stop dancing. I'll pay you to sit still. I'll pay your just, tuition. Pay, sit, sit still. Right, exactly. Let's talk about your future. Do you dad voice when you're. Totally do. <laughs> All right. I'll take a really quick break when we get back. So much to talk about because Cruz removed a cabin in a makeshift mine. A makeshift mine. Seriously. That a dude. homeless man built in Seattle Park. No prospecting for you. It's a new vet clinic to serve homeless people and low income pet owners free of charge. Trump and Biden visit the Texas border to offer a tale of two border cities. I wanted that cage match between them. I know, right? I wanted it two so bad. Two men enter, one candidate leaves. The brawl at the border. Oh, what right? a, I, we could sell shirts. Dust up in the desert. I like it. I could have made millions. Yep, yep. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this.